Mr. Cam, how you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh, happy Halloween, sir. It's week nine of the Voice of the Fans show. Thank you for your participation. Thank you for your support. Let's get to it. Another year, another season of NFL trades at the trade day, trade day, trade deadline. Excuse me, let me get it out. How about this, man? Trade deadline hits. Demarius Thomas goes to the Texans. Ha ha! Clinton Dix goes to the Skins. Deion, uh, Dante Fowler goes to the Rams. Golden Tate goes to the Eagles. A couple other trades made, but those were the biggest of the trades. Unless I forgot one. What do you think of the NFL trade date, uh, trade deadline? How hot it's got two years in a row. Well, first of all, kudos to you for saying that trades in the middle of the season don't really make that big of a difference with regards to acclimating to a system. I said two years ago that it's very difficult to trade players in the middle of the season because they have to learn so much terminology and, you know, readjust themselves to a new environment on the fly, as well as kind of understanding what a team's scheme wants to do. But, it appears the NFL is no longer that place. Um, They can trade players in the same way, you know, basketball, baseball, you know, trade in midseason, whatever. Um, The Golden Tate one to me was the biggest uh, surprise considering that I think that he is far and away their best receiver. So kind of deferring to Jones Jr. and Galladay is kind of your – your anchor in the passing game was a little bit of a surprise at the same time, realizing that his contract is expiring and he's put up a lot of 90 catch seasons back to back to back. Maybe they don't feel the same way about his productivity as what is commensurate in the market for that. So that was a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, The Demarius Thomas, I think they were just cutting bait with that. The ha ha Clinton Dix. Uh, I don't know how much he helps Washington, but couldn't hurt. Are you considering kidding? Considering what they, have, what they have in the uh, in the defensive backfield over there, but when I say that, the way the, way, the, way, the, reason, the reason that I'm saying that, Cotton Clinton Dix is number three since he's been in the league. He's number three in interceptions since he's been in the league. Okay, so what I'm saying is that obviously the Green Bay Packers didn't see the same type of value. In him that the Redskins see in him, well, <clears throat> obviously because he got traded. But at the same time, I think that they got they got value for him with the picks that they got in return. Excuse me, they they got a fourth rounder for Clinton Dix. You're calling that value? I'm calling that value. Yeah. Oh, let me get out of here. This is another one of. Um... Green Bay Packers has suffered from the same problem that uh, the Carolina Panthers suffered years ago with with regards to just being allergic to getting help for Aaron Rodgers. They haven't done that. Their defensive draft picks have have been less than less than stellar. Let's say that. And, and they're all the draft picks they drafted linemen. There's been years where they draft all focus all on defense and drafted their um with the draft was focus all on defense. And they turn around and get a couple of players that actually produce. They Clinton uh Ha Clinton Dix was a producer on the back end of their defense. 
their defense wasn't great. I'm not I can't I'm not gonna blame him for their defense not being stellar. But they're he was he was one of the performers on a mediocre defense. Trade him to Washington and you'll see there's some difference. You'll see a little bit of difference there. Maybe a scheme, whether scheme, whether it's coaching, uh the Green Bay Packers are challenged personnel wise. Well, I'll, let's say that. And another another one of their trades is evidence of that. Having drafted a receiver, putting him at running back is evidence that something isn't right in in either the evaluation of the kid or the talent you have around them. Because why are you putting a receiver? Why are you putting one of your receivers, the guy you drafted a receiver? Why are you putting him in the backfield? Oh, could it be because you can't? You don't have uh, running backs because you haven't drafted properly, or you have no, 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 no. Rewind, rewind here, real quick. Yeah. First of all, they did draft a running back; it just didn't pan out. They drafted okay. Eddie Lacy out of Alabama. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then, secondly, with, with, with no, 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 and Dick, no, 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 you just want to switch. <laughs> thought that they were expecting a little bit more activity. He's been able to produce on the field. We talked about your. We they, talked they about your understand where they are in their contract, <laughs> and they just decided it was just time to cut bait. We're not going to do anything more with him. He's reached his ceiling, and it's time to move on. Let's get a pick and see what we can do in the future. Man, did you, okay. I, I know we talked too much about Green Bay, who probably not even going to make the playoffs. Um, Clinton Dix, I was I thought that was a stupid trade for for Green Bay. I think it was a good pickup for for the Skins. Fowler to the Rams, I, I, that's more evidence that they all the chips are in, all of the chips are in. Um, I, I I hate to say it, um, and I, I just don't think. And we had I had this discussion earlier this week at a Rams function. Um, I don't think the loss to the Falcons in the playoffs was heartache enough for the Rams. That being said, I think they have to suffer some heartache in the playoffs. That's why I don't have them going to the Super Bowl, number one. Number two, (laughs) they have done everything to prove to me, (laughs) prove me wrong. And they have pushed all the chips into the middle of the table with this signing, Dante Fowler. Now they have four number ones across the front of that defensive line. Um, maybe they should have traded for a linebacker, but nonetheless, they have they're putting so much pressure on your offensive on the opposing offensive line and the quarterback to get things done quickly. To leave, come back, he'll be healthy, he'll be fresh legs going into the playoffs. Oof, that's gonna be a tough team to beat. And then Golden Tate, um, Golden Tate for a third round pick. Oof, <laughs> that's amazing to me. The Eagles got him. The Eagles needed him. Uh, they needed another guy. Any, anybody in the league could use Golden Tate. Uh, I don't know why the Seahawks didn't go, go back to go go back to the well for a third round pick. Anybody in the league could use Golden Tate. The Dolphins could use Golden Tate. Anybody in the league could use Golden Tate. Period. In the discussion, the Eagles got him for a third round pick. That is a steal. That can end up being the best uh, pickup of this draft. The, uh, Thomas to the Texans. Um, I'm, I like the move. I don't dislike it. I'm just not sure that it's going to put them over the top or anything. They had full, they had Fuller there. That he was a good 
Um, he was a good deep threat, but it's not like they lost uh, any Moss or anything. So um, we'll see how Thomas does. I'm, it's not I don't dislike it, but I'm just Golden Tate to the to the Eagles is more exciting to me. Um, and we'll see how things pan out with that one. Your boy Adrian Peterson. Can he keep this up all season? Can he keep rushing for 100 yards every game? What is Adrian Peterson's nickname for those of us that know him well? It's all day. Yeah, he can do this all day, man. All- he's, been telling you, he's been telling you this since he got the opportunity to show what he could do. He felt very disrespected last year. Um racking up all those frequent flyer miles uh, to New Orleans and then to Arizona and then have to double back uh, this year to D.C., you know, it, it's it's taken a toll on him. But at the same time, it's hardened him. It, it's made him realize who he is. It's made him dig deep inside his soul. It looked like he was digging deep for the run for that long. And, and the capital yeah. and D.C., the like capital, as a, as a demographic, has embraced him for who he is and what he can do. They're behind him. Okay, okay, okay. Well, we, 142 we yards. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, on yards. he's yeah, on my fantasy incredible. team. So I'm we're, not talking about, we're not talking about fantasy here. <laughs> we're not talking about fantasy. I'm saying go Adrian. We're not talking about fantasy. We're talking about somebody that's trying to get into the conversation of the, one of the top five running backs in the history of the NFL. And he's heard you. He actually sent me a text the other day and said, you know, I, I, heard, I heard what Cam's been saying about me. <laughs> he sent you a text, huh? Oh, he sent me a text, yeah. yeah. He <laughs> oh, said, you tell Cam, I got 1,300 yards coming for him wow. this season. Yeah. Wow. That'll, that'll be impressive. 1,300 yards, that'll be impressive. And, right. And, and they needed him, and he's he's uh, he, he's he's – He's making Washington look good for that decision. I tell you that. Um, so we the the Rams eight no, you you predicted a close game. Um, you I don't I I predicted a blowout another time. There's another game the Rams let me down. I predicted a blowout against the Hawks and it, that was a two point game. I predicted a blowout here. I didn't expect this game to be close. Uh, did you learn anything? Did you learn more about the Packers or did you learn more about the Rams? And and what was it you learned about either one? To be quite honest with you, Cam, I didn't really learn anything from this game. Um, the Rams are the better team. They have the better personnel on offense and defense. That's 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 not a secret. They're they're the better team. I thought it would come down to a duel in the sun between the air, you know, the heir apparent to the Dan Marino thrown as far as the greatest passer in the history of the game and Aaron Rodgers not really liking to hear how much attention and notoriety uh, Jared Goff was getting and wanted to prove a point. And I think that he had the opportunity <laughs> had Ty Montgomery to stay in the end zone, taking a knee to kind of, you know, put that dagger in the heart. So that game didn't come down to that, man. He had, he had, uh, it certainly did. It certainly did. It certainly did come down to that. He he had um fifty eight other minutes to get that get to get the job done. Don't give me that. Don't give me one play. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. I don't. I'm not buying it. Um, 
it wasn't it wasn't one play. It was it was the opportunity to have the ball um, for the last possession of the game, which, okay, Aaron, but, which which Aaron Rodgers didn't get. Okay, but what I'm saying is he has he had 58 minutes to prove his point to make his mark. Because you don't get the ball in the last two minutes. Come on. I mean, we're thinking what might have happened. And, and I think he was proving his point, given the fact that I already said the Los Angeles Rams had the better team and came in. All that I said was Aaron Rodgers was coming out to prove a point that he was just not going to be dismissed as, you know, just a footnote in the 2018 season. He was going to be a factor. Okay. And he wasn't, he wasn't liking the fact that uh, Goff was getting a little bit of his shine. That's all I said. And I thought that he would perform accordingly, and he did. Well, we'll okay. Well, we'll see. Um, I expected the Rams to win. I expected the Rams to win handily. So I'll give, the, I'll give the Green Bay a little bit more credit for sticking in the game. I'm a little concerned about the Rams on the back end. I know teams um, uh, with their record now, teams are coming for them and try to be the ones to defeat them. So they are playing a little harder. Um, so these these wins are not easy. I, I will say that, and I do understand that. However, uh, I just see the couple of times I expected the Rams to kind of put it to put the foot on their throats of some kind of competition. They haven't done that, and a uh, little concerned about that. But yet, yeah, a win's a win, and and we'll, uh, I'm sure they're happy and take it as it is. But uh, this game comes Sunday. Um, I do have. I am picking the Rams to win this game, and I know the Rams being underdogs have Sean McVay heated over there. I, 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 I already I can sense it from an hour and a half away. Uh, 60, it's about 45 miles away from their training facility, and I can only imagine the <laughs> what he is telling his team as they have them 8-0 as an underdog going to New Orleans. I can only imagine but none, nonetheless, uh, we'll talk about that later. But I do have the Saints winning that game. And to speak about the Saints, does the Saints prove anything to you by beating the Vikings this past weekend? You know, they took care of business coming off the bye. They got healthy. Uh, they got a chance to get some film. So they definitely have the advantage as far as that is concerned. So, uh, you know, good win to them. Uh, it wasn't – it was It was pleasant to see, you know, from a Saints perspective, not that I'm a Saints fan, but – for the Saints fans down there to see that they could win a game without Drew Brees just lighting it up for 300 yards against a team that supposedly uh, had Super Bowl aspirations to start the season and, you know, by most people's accounts, has a pretty, you know, stout defense. So to come out with that one on the road was was pretty impressive. Oh, you, Drew Brees, the quarterback, better than Dan Marino. You had, he threw for 120 20 yards against the, Saint, uh, against the Vikings. Huh? Oh, okay. Well, I just note that. For the for the listeners here, that, okay, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah that. please do that. And for the listeners here, go back to the conversation uh, from a week previous and really absorb that. What I was trying to say, I did not say that on the all-time list that Drew Brees was better than Dan Marino. What I said, what I said was, in this era when championships validate greatness, with no championships you can't really actually be in the conversation. That's just how the world works now. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying it's just, but that's just how it goes. But you didn't say it. it's not accurate either. So and we'll leave that for another conversation for another day. We'll have that conversation in the off season to give our fans something to, some, something to chew on during the summer there. Uh, 
Pat, the Panthers over the um, Ravens. Uh, Cam Newton is coming in in the rounding into shape. Uh, McCaffrey is is performing. Uh, the defense is is coming is still hanging in there. Very solid, as you know. Uh, was that a better win for the Panthers or a worse loss for the Ravens? I say it's a it's a expected win for the Panthers and um, the Ravens. And it's not a bad loss for them, but I just. Uh, I think it was a better win for the Panthers than you. So let's see. It's a good win for the Panthers, but not an unexpected loss, in my opinion, for the Ravens, considering the way they lost the last game. And we, we, we touched on this a moment last week. Um, losing with your best player on the field to get, take the game into overtime and not being able to accomplish that, I thought it would have a lingering effect. It did. Um, I, I saw Cam taking advantage of the opportunity to impose his will physically. I mean, uh, considering that I have Christian McCaffrey in, in a few fantasy football leagues, I thought there were a few opportunities for him to get a few more touches. And Cam just said, no, sir, I'm just going to take the ball myself and just run over the smaller person and run past the, the, you know, the slower person. And he basically just took it to their defense, um, which had been kind of the stalwart of their team. But at the same time, I wasn't surprised they lost. I thought it would be kind of a hard loss to overcome. And playing a team the caliber of the Panthers, kudos to them for pulling it out. It, it wasn't easy, but they, they came out with the victory. Well, the better those, win, better win. Well, Not surprising well, loss. Whether those field goals went in um, last week or not, uh, they weren't going to beat the Ravens. The Ravens, or excuse me, the Ravens weren't going to beat the Panthers. The Panthers are on uh, somewhat of a, a run here, and and their offense is kind of coming together. Norm North Turner, as, as you know, and you've preached, has has been a, modified his game to Cam Newton style, along with morphing his his run pass uh, schemes and in, in sets into their offense. So uh, their offense is coming together. It's they're seven weeks into it now. So they're, they're looking like a solid playoff team. The, the Panthers are worst loss for the Eagles or the, uh, or the Jaguars over there in London. Um, it was a close game right up until the third quarter when uh, your boy Blake decided to give it up a few times and, the Eagles were able to pull that win out. What do you think? I, I would say the same thing as as the uh, as the previous matchup. Not an unexpected loss for the Jaguars. They're reeling. Um, they don't really know what they want to do at quarterback. Um, Leonard Fournette is is not there to save them. The defense is not what they thought it was. Otherwise, they wouldn't have traded Dante Fowler Jr. Um, they they. They got Jalen Ramsey just on mute over there. He has nothing to say. One of the most brash, outspoken uh, diva cornerbacks that we've had. Probably the uh, the number one since Richard Sherman. Kind of took the, you know, took that the reins over that and has been running that. But yeah, it's just not they're just not who we thought they were after beating New England. We thought that they had some momentum. They thought that. You know, coming off of the AFC Championship last year, that this was kind of you know rounding in form as one of the teams to beat. And you see, after just 
crushing loss after crushing loss after crushing loss. They're not who we thought they were. And the Philadelphia Eagles playing in NFC East, you know that all those teams are made out of paper mache. So at any time, any one of those teams can surge through with a three or four game winning streak and all of a sudden be the team to beat in that division. So much better win for Philadelphia, but not a surprising loss for Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville, um, Leonard Fournette, um, hope he comes back soon, not only for fantasy reasons, but uh, it's a bad look for him. But I wonder if he wants to take the statement back. The SEC is a lot easier than the NFL now. And then also, Jalen Ramsey, I, I hope we don't hear from him. We can't hear from him ever again because now we'll know that he's kind of a phony dude when he only talks when they win and if he ever starts talking again because to not talk when you lose and for that you to be so talkative and provocative uh, when you're winning and to not say anything, have anything to say when you're losing. I mean, you could be throwing a tantrum right now and everybody would understand, hey, this is a passionate dude. He says what's on his mind. He lets the people have it, blah, 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 blah. That would all serve into his serve to his benefit if he's throwing helmets around, he's breaking lockers and breaking uh, uh, billboards and whiteboards. Um, that would all serve to his benefit. But him not saying anything is kind of makes us wonder, was this just all bluster? And again, we probably shouldn't hear from him until they in, until he's in the Pro Bowl, until they're into the in the playoffs, until they're in the Super Bowl, um, we probably shouldn't hear much from Ramsey. And uh, we talked a little bit about the Saints, the Saints and the Vikings. Um, I, as you good, uh, eloquent, eloquently put it, it was a expected loss for the Vikings and a, a good win for the Saints because they handled their business. I'll grant you that. Let's take a break right here, Mr. Cleveland. Uh, talk to us about Euphoria, the brand. And you guys got some new stuff coming out. I've seen on Instagram, I, IG, you guys got some new gear coming out? Talk to- uh, we, we, yeah, we definitely do. Uh, definitely trying to represent ourselves as a cut above the rest. Um, you know, premium quality clothing line. So uh, this Christmas season, we're going to come out with some new things very excited about it and hopefully everybody uh has a chance to take an opportunity to take a look and you know let us know what they think well that sounds good and where can they find euphoria the brand it is www.euphoria u-p-h-o-r-i-a the brand.com sounds good i'll keep my eye out for my package too (laughs) it's on the way my friend Mr. Cleavon, let's talk about this past week, man. I don't know if you got a chance to look at the numbers, but uh, numbers look pretty sharp. Somehow, you are leading in the confidence pick. A couple picks behind you, your your percentage points ahead. So let's not get carried away now. Your percentage points ahead, and but a win is a win. So good win out of you last week. I had. You're 15 out of 15 out of 14 out of 15, my Dolphins. Oh, 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 oh the Dolphins. Okay, thank you. Dolphins. Sorry. The Dolphins 
My Dolphins let me down on my confidence pick. The Dolphins let me down on my pick for regular pick for the week. If they didn't, okay. if I took Houston, my, I would have been fifteen and fourteen and zero. Okay, um, thirteen. Excuse me, thirteen out of fourteen. You were tw- you were twelve out of fourteen. So decent week by you, but just I was just a little bit better. Um, picks against the spread, a hundred percent. Three out of three. You were two out of three. And um, I'm convincingly in front of that one for the year, seventy percent to fifty percent there. So, okay, well that's that that's that has time to come back around. I mean, Young Sam Rossing is is uh is found his way and and now has his finger on the pulse of the NFL once again. So look for look for that number to change dramatically in the next few weeks. Well, we see it's I'm back at it. I'm back at it. And then the the overall picks for the year. Um, again, percentage points behind you, 64% to 67%. We'll get that correct. I need to be over 70% or I won't be happy. Um, at least 70% for the year. So this week we got some big games coming up, man. The Chargers play the Seahawks. Rams play the Saints. Packers and the Patriots. What's the, big, what's the biggest game you're looking forward to seeing this year or this week? Uh, honestly, the Packers and the Patriots, again, I like the duel of Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, just as I like the duel of Aaron Rodgers versus Jared Goff last week. Aaron hears a lot about how great Tom Brady is and throwing the eight Super Bowl appearances and the five victories in your face all the time. I know it gets kind of old for him. So to have a platform and an opportunity to kind of see what he can do, and now he doesn't have Ty Montgomery making his own decisions, um, you know, kind of going away from what the coaches are telling him to do, you know, as the game gets late, he may have an opportunity to have the ball in his hands once again, and you know, kind of, you know, change the course of histories to a, you know, to a certain extent. Why? Why is the game? All, why? Why did he has to always do it in late in the game? Why can't he do it in the? First and second and third quarter. Why can't he? Why can't he pull away? The game dictates that, Cam, and, and they, they don't have a strong running game. And like you said, their defense is is, is so so. They rely almost solely on the arm of Aaron Rodgers. So understanding, uh, you know, good, why can't we get it done in the first three quarters of the game? That's all I'm saying. Because you don't because you don't win a football game in the first three quarters of the game. Oh. oh, oh. You can put some things up. You can do some things, but hey, man, sometimes your punter has to run out of the end zone and and run for nine yards just for you know, just for no apparent reason. Like wow, just so to you, kind of salvage the game. So you so you need some help from your team, huh? You sometimes. Sometimes. Oh, okay. At the same time, if your team puts you in a position where you can help them out and show them why you're one of the top five greatest quarterbacks of all time, which I think these last two duels. Top. Aaron Rodgers taking a little bit more personally than other, you know, matchups during the season, and that's why I say that. Real, of course, real, the, real quick, well, real quick, when you just threw out the top five greatest quarterbacks of all time, was that your kind of made up list, championship list, or was he on your with non championship list? What, was I'm, sorry, your, I'm sorry, was, I'm sorry. Was he on your division three list? Let, let, let me correct that. Let me correct, let me correct that. What? Let me correct that. And thank you, and thank you for calling me. Thank you for calling me out on that. Let me correct that. Top five passers of all time. It's who Aaron Rodgers is. Okay. 
Okay. All right. In addition to that, top eight quarterback. Okay. okay. But he's got but he's got Super Bowl ring, so unfortunately, oh, so what? That's a, he, that might elevate him to four in, in your in you when when you start doing your math. I'm I, not- I already put down. I already I already established the Mount Rushmore last week. Do I do I do I have to say it again? Just so no, we're, I'm not interested. The fans are interested. Listen to that. Okay. Fans are that's fine. I'm just saying, but of the last 25 years, let's be let's be real. It's Tom Brady and A Rock. It's Tom Brady, A Rod. Breeze and Farver hanging out on the on the periphery, you know. Okay. All right. You do your little classification. I like hanging hanging out on the periphery. I mean, you know, as far as passes are concerned. Okay. All right. All right, we're going we, we to let you up right there, and I'm sure you're going to get some t- tweets <laughs> from the fans. And that's – tell your Twitter handle so the people can tweet you. And I so tell you, what's your Twitter handle? So the people it's can, at – And I'll it's have at, to respond to this guy. It's at, it's C-L-E-A-V-I-E-W-O-N-D-E-R. At Cleveland. Respond to this guy and let him know who your top ten is. If A Rod is in your top in the top eight, don't let him off the hook. He said top eight, don't let him off the hook. And he said top five passers. One more time, what's your Twitter handle? It's Cleavy Wonder. C L E A V I E W O N D E R. All right. And hit me. Hit me at, at me too. What's good in sports? I want to know what's going down. I want to know who what you guys got to say. Hit me. What's good in sports? W H A T S G O O D I N Sports S P O R T S. Hit us. <clears throat> uh, the people at What's Good in Sports want to want to talk to you, talk to the fans, and make sure you guys tune into the website. Every Cleveland, have you seen the what, what's good in sports website? Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Lots of uh, positive stories and lots of great content. Um, the people they told me uh, personally, make sure you guys go visit the website. So please, when you get a chance after the show, check out what's good in what's good in sports dot com website. All right, Mr. Cleavon, this week here, the picks this week, we got the Jets versus Dolphins. We both got the Dolphins. I have the Seahawks at home over the Chargers. You got the Chargers. Is this a little reverse psychology now? You pick against them so the Seahawks will win? What's, what's, what's up with this? You know, if you're doing reverse psychology, Cam, you don't say you're doing reverse psychology. You're just saying that you're looking at the numbers um, oh, you just uh, you just uh, say you don't uh, say it, you're just doing it. Uh, okay, right, right. Perhaps a, a quarterback that's you know pretty hot and you know Hall of Fame worthy, and you know a team that's been playing pretty well. Can they come to the Pacific Northwest and and come out with a victory? I don't know. We'll have to see. But you know, on paper, it looks like the Chargers are the better team. That's all. I'm, I'm just gonna leave it right there. <laughs> that's pretty slick of you. I'm just saying because I, I think. This is the type of game where this young Seahawks team want to make a uh, make a mark. 
And if you're not going to say it, I'm going to say it. <laughs> I think they're fired up and they're laying in the weeds waiting for this Charger team to roll on up, have some, eat some seafood, eat some chowder, go eat, get some, throw the fish around, catch some fish with NFL Network, and then think they're going to go on the field and do their thing and fly them back to the to uh, L.A. I think the Seahawks got something waiting for them. And um, that's why I'm going with the Seahawks. If you're not confident in your Seahawks, I, I'll say I got the Seahawks winning this game. In a in a stinker bowl, we got the Raiders Bay Area stinker bowl here. The Raiders versus the Niners. We both got the Niners in this game. Both got the Bears over the Bills. Both got KC over the Browns. Minnesota over the Lions. Although I think that'll be a good game. Um, I kind of struggle with the skins over the Falcons. The Falcons on paper are a better team than the skins. They're just a flat out better football team. But for whatever reason, um, I don't know if what what do you think is going on with the Falcons? Could it be the coaching? I mean, they have I, I can't explain it. Could it be the coaching, could it be the offensive coach, could it be the quarterback? What explain what the deal is with the Falcons, can you? I cannot because early in the season everybody was complaining about Sarkeesian and his play calling and he's not he's not uh you know, young Shanahan, and he, he's not calling the plays correctly, and that's why they were sputtering. But the last four games, when they've thrown up, you know, 30-plus points a game, and it's been the defense that's been letting them down. And that's, uh, you know, definitely Dan Quinn's calling card. So what is going on out here? Where are the Vic Beasley Juniors? Where are the, where are the playmakers? You know, where is the, uh, you know, McKinney's? You know, I'm not seeing enough of that. When you're giving up when you're losing games 38-35 and 41-38, you know, it's just – and or you're winning games 35-32, to 32, it's just, you know, that's that's more on the defense. Right. So I, I, I'm definitely a little bit concerned about what direction they're going, up, you know, in on that side of the ball. But the, the offense has come around. I mean, even without uh, – Devontae Freeman, just with, you know, Tevin Coleman being their primary running back. They've done some things. They've put up some points. So you got to be more concerned about their defense going forward. And and I think the other thing that hurts them um, with a lot of high-scoring teams, and this may come back to haunt, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs at some point, is that you just – when you lose time of possession, or, or rather when you're not dominating time of possession, the other team is always in the game. So if they have, you know, an opportunity to make a play here or there, then yeah, that's true. Losing games, you know, in heartbreaking fashion down the stretch, which you really ordinarily shouldn't do because your offense is scoring enough points. So, well, that's my, my concern with them. Well, we'll see what they're able to do this week against the Kansas, uh, against the uh, Skins and Alex Smith. And then we have the Buccaneers and the Panthers. Your boy uh, Fitz Magic. <laughs> We'll get hit, rears his head again. I think this is an easy win for the Panthers. It looks like you agree. The only other game we dis well, we disagree in a couple more games. Uh, we both have Steelers over the Ravens, Houston over the over the Broncos. Uh, both pick New Orleans over the over the Rams. I picked the as I mentioned earlier. Um, I, I don't. I think the I think the Saints are um, going to win this game. It's a 
I, I think the Rams are going to come in there fired up, though, because McVay's going to talk to them how they're underdogs. But I, I have the Saints winning this game. I think the Rams is going to win most of the game. I got them losing. They were one of th- one of four games they could have lost this year, and this is one of the games I have them losing. Um, the Eagles and the Vikings are the other three. I thought they had a chance to lose the, uh, against the Packers earlier in the year, but the Packers just just the way they look. I I couldn't have picked them against the the Rams last week. So this is one of the uh, four potential losses I saw for the Rams, and I got I got the. Saints winning. Why do you have the Saints winning? Well, I just think it's just the uh, the, the the swagger that they're coming in with right now. Um, and again, um, I think that Jared Goff has to prove himself against the you know the the, the younger court against the uh, older, more established quarterbacks. Man, they they're not taking it uh, lightly. Kind of the the press and the pub that the Rams as a Hole are getting in, Jared Goff specifically is getting. So I just think that once you get into a shootout and just kind of executing the offense down the stretch. Your boy Red Grand Live, and that's what's good in sports, man. 